KSA Radio, where you are family. Coming up on my trans journey, two trans women, Sher Peterson and Katya Williams, share their very unique journey with us. She shares her journey of discrimination through ignorance, and this taught her to grow into the well-rounded woman she is now. Katya shares the story of discrimination and total exclusion from her Muslim faith, and how she managed to overcome it all to become Miss Transgender South Africa 2017. Sure, how did your journey start? Well, hi, and hi, Gay Say Radio family. Um, to kickstart, I think, my journey started when I was still a little kid, I think. For me, you know, watching Disney movies made me realize I just wanted to be a Disney princess. Um, a little bit unrealistic, but it, it it's kind of how I... Uh, came to understand um, just that there was something not right in terms of my gender that I was living as. Um, and, yeah, I think it, it, it started there when I was a kid. I always felt a little bit uh, awkward and, and people were always kind of saying, uh, boys don't act like that. Why are you acting like that? And slowly but surely that, you know, as I grew up, I started to realize that every time I was wishing to be you know, seen as a girl or just experience things as a girl. That was kind of what I realized later in life that I was transgender. What did you go through during this period when you realized that you were transgendered? Um, you know, for me, when I was starting to kind of come to terms with it, there was a long period of time where... I kind of thought, you know, oh, this is, I mean, it's not something that people do. And when people are transgendered, there's a very, like, specific, almost aesthetic and look that I wasn't comfortable with. So there was a lot of confusion. But there was also, for me, a lot of what we call dysphoria uh, in terms of being very uncomfortable in my own body and, you know, not liking how it was and, and, and you know, how I felt in, in, in my own body and, that made me very, very uncomfortable. And I think it made me a very awkward kind of kid growing up as well and a very awkward adult. Only now, I think, in life, I've become very comfortable and confident in who I am. Um, so there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of self-hate, even. Um, so that that's, that's especially what I went through. And there was also a lot of, you know, from other people, there was a lot of naysaying and, 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 and almost bullying Um to some extent, especially at school. Um, yeah, but I think that we've moved past that now. <laughs> How long did it take you about to kind of realize, like, look, listen, I am very different and um, mm -hmm. I can put a label on it. And this is because I think the other thing that we've seen is that many people on this journey kind of first think, okay, I'm, I must be gay. Yeah. And then you yeah. realize, but wait a minute, there is a vast difference between being gay yeah. and being transgendered. Yeah. So I think I think for me, like when when I was younger, I also thought that that could, might be the case. But I was like, I don't really feel specifically just attracted to men. That's never really how it's been for me. So from the start already and, and even on my whole entire journey, I've always known that, you know, I can't be gay because I'm not just, you know, into men. If I'm not thinking of from my assigned gender um, uh, that was kind of a thing for me, knowing that I was interested in all kinds of people. Um, so I think on, on my journey, as I explored, you know, different identities and different 
ways of living and different types of people, uh, I slowly realized, you know, that I must be transgendered. That's just how it is, especially having YouTube as a resource for me was, was, was kind of a good way to see other people's experiences and other people's journeys. Uh, and that really helped me come to terms with who I am. What were the most difficult things you've had to deal with on your journey so far? Um, definitely, for me, it was interacting with people. Um, the most difficult thing for me is, is people not understanding or, or people not even being willing to understand. You know, a lot of ignorance is has made my journey very hard, especially, um, you know, people that I've had to interact with when it, when it comes to being at varsity or people that I've had to interact with um, in the workplace or even people in my own family. I think a lot of the time ignorance has played a big role uh, in my struggle uh, because it leads to a lot of self-doubt and, and, and you don't kind of feel very comfortable in a space. Um, I think one of the most difficult things was uh, I had friends when I was starting at varsity who you know used to love going to trance parties so like parties festivals where they you know go to listen to trance music and that was supposed to be a very very open and free space and what happened to me was i was at one of these trance parties and um you know lots of people started telling one another that's a dude you know um it's like a poser like here at this festival and it's disgusting and at some point it was almost like everyone was uh directing this at me and I felt a lot of hate from people at, at the festival and I eventually just ended up stuck in a car uh in a state of panic and distress and all I wanted to do was leave uh since that you know happened it was quite recent I think it must have been like two or three years ago um it left me very paranoid and very afraid to even open up to people in, in any sort of social space. Um, and it really made me consider who I was friends with and, you know, who I interacted with on the daily and, and what kind of spaces I, I allow myself to be me in um, when it comes to, you know, being really authentic and free because it's really dangerous uh, in a space like South Africa where people don't understand and people are ignorant and they have their own, you know, ideas of how people should be and who they should be. Um, and it really made me, that was the first time I actually realized how dangerous uh, being trans is in a space like South Africa. You say this was like three years ago. Yeah. So it's still fairly recent. Um, would you say that was your darkest hour? Yeah, definitely. I think that was my darkest hour. I was, you know, stuck in a car um, for, I think, almost eight hours with people screaming at me in the car, you know, screaming at me, you should go home, you're, you're, you're kind of, like, disgusting, you're a disgrace to, like, people, and you're, you're wow. giving loads and loads of people a bad name. So it was really traumatizing for me, and if it wasn't for one of my friends, it was just like, listen, let's leave, let's get out of here, uh, let's go to a, a safer place, uh, like, let's go home. Uh, I don't. I don't think I would have left there without a little bit of. And I, I mean, I, I still have a, lo a lot of trauma from that event, uh, but I don't think I would have left in, in 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 a way that I could have dealt with it had I stayed longer or had I sat there longer. Because at that point, I was in the car for eight hours, um, and I hadn't gone to the bathroom at all. I hadn't eaten, so I was just sitting in the car uh, with nothing to do except panic. 
if you look back at that experience, did it uh, did it help you grow or did it actually hurt you and do more damage than anything else? Um, I think, you know, in retrospect, now looking back, it really did help me grow and help me to understand just, you know, because I have a strong, strong feeling now. And, and, and I think it's given me a sense of intuition uh, when interacting with people as to like, you know, who is real and authentic and, 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 and sympathetic and compassionate um, and who, you know, are the people that, that I can and cannot kind of trust to have in my life. It, it was definitely an eye-opening experience as well, and I think it made me way more humble and uh, a stronger person because, you know, now I kind of don't take nonsense from anyone. On your journey, um, have there been people who supported you? Yeah, tons. So, um, you know, on my journey, there's definitely been a lot of familial support from from my dad, especially. He was one of um, my biggest supporters. He always helped me along and kind of, you know, helped me start my my medical transition, uh, taking me to the doctor. And I've always had a strong, close circle of friends who've really been there through thick and thin, you know, like asking me if there's anything that I need always and constantly helping to understand um, what it is that I'm experiencing and how it is they can be kind of better allies to me in, through through my journey. Obstacles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Obstacles. always a big one. And I mean, especially, I think the first thing normally for people, when you say you are gay, it's sort of a, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. a shattering moment. Yeah. But somehow yeah. for people, if you are saying I'm transgendered, it's just so much worse, which is just so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's so much worse. I think, you know, for me, I didn't really come out to my parents in any way, shape or form. My dad kind of did his own research and then we had a sit down and he was like, listen, I just want you to be authentic. I want to be, I want you to be you and I want, you know, I want us to be able to share in all of you who you are um, because I was always very closed off to my family uh, in a certain way because I always felt like, you know, this is a shameful thing. Uh, and my family really helped me to realize that, you know, fuck that, uh, you know, be you and be true to you. Obviously, there must have been resistance from people as well, stuff that hindered you in your journey so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in, in terms of resistance, there's been some resistance from a lot of family members. Now, not 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 my home family, but uh, just, just other family members in terms of like accepting me and trying to understand and really trying to be there and be supportive there's been a lot of that um i think when it comes to kind of dead naming which is what happens with a lot of trans people where you know people who are family and and, and supposed to be supportive kind of you know don't make a concerted effort to to use your chosen name or to really um you know use your correct pronouns which i think is, is is a lot is a cause of distress for a lot of people um but yeah, for me, those have been some obstacles. Um, I found some other obstacles. I think it's definitely a huge obstacle as well. There's been obstacles in terms of dating, you know, trying to get people to understand what being transgendered is all about and how, you know, I am a woman and should be treated as such and, and, and deserve the same kind of love, you know? I think the one thing, that, and you, you touched on that, and that's something I want to ask is the pronouns. And I think mm. there's a lot of people that are just so uncertain of what pronouns to use and what not to use and what is correct and what is not correct. And uh, what would be the correct pronouns to use? 
Uh, I think, you know, it, it's, it's, it's different amongst different people. I think the best way to actually go about finding out the correct pronouns is just to ask. As simple as that, I think asking is so important. I don't think we should assume anything when interacting with people we we don't know, or, or, or especially now, you know. There's so many different pronouns. Everyone has chosen their own pronouns now. You know, we have the whole identity politics issue and debate and I think in a in a generation like mine um, it's important to ask and never just assume so you know if people are uncertain of someone's pronouns rather just you know call them by the name that you know and uh, and then ask you know what are your pronouns what would you like me to refer to you as then at work yeah at did work. you have any difficulty at work at all being accepted um well, at my job that I currently work at, I kind of went in and, you know, I was very upfront with being transgender because there are quite a couple of transgender people who work at, in my office. So I work, I haven't faced many obstacles. They're very, very, um, very accepting. It's kind of one of those spaces that, that I would call a modern space where everyone is kind of accepted for who and what they are. And, um, it's been a very, very, very calming place to work at and a calming experience to have to work in such an environment. But I think um, there definitely could be some obstacles a lot of the time if your if your documents don't match, uh, you know, your preferred name or, or your, your, your gender that you, you know, if you're transgender and, you know, you're obviously female, uh, then sometimes if your documents don't match it, it could make a little bit of problem for you um, but I think that, that it really just depends on working environment. So my working environment is very accepting, very open, very, you know, honest. They have an open door policy, which I think is really great. And as long as, you know, you're open and honest, they are, you know, willing to be supportive and, and, and allow you to live your truth. How difficult is it to make the document change? You know, I've heard like so many stories. Some people say it goes quick, yeah. others say it's like a really dragged out process. Yeah, uh, I know that. So there's two changes that one would have to make, uh, depending on 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 your own personal uh, feelings and needs. Uh, the name change being a very simple one, it does take quite a while. Uh, I know because they have to send it up to Pretoria. So depending, I think, on the home affairs that you go to, a name change is a simple one. You go, you go to the birth certificate office, the birthday certificate office. You fill in a form and you pay 140 rand. Um, simple as that. No, is it 100? I think it might be 200 and something. Uh, it's 240. I think it's a very, it's a very simple process. It's the same you would do if you had gotten married, need to change your surname, or if your name was spelled wrong and you'd like to fix it. It's, it's changing the name is quite simple. It does take a while. Um, because I've heard people say, you know, it took about a month for them. For me, um, it did take quite a while. Uh, and the second change would be changing your your gender marker. And after that, um, it's, it's it should be quite a simple process as well, depending on the home affairs you do go to. Because I know some, you know, you might work with a clerk who doesn't really agree with your change of life, and may want to hinder the process. But uh, you you need two letters from physicians saying that you've medically altered your gender by you know taking hormones or you've uh, something of that sort so you need to just be able to prove that you have gone to a doctor and medically you have been able to change the hormone levels in your body to the desired gender and 
you give in the you hand in that and you just fill out the form that they require and i think that's about 140 rand uh, and then it should go to pretoria where they have everything processed and they issue a new um id number and a new id with your gender marker correct on your journey you you mentioned you've um doing a medical transformation how far are you on your journey mm-hmm. yes i've been I've been taking hormones for, I think, six months now. That's been one of the things I think that has been a little bit of an obstacle. Um, just finding um, the right route and finding, you know, kind of access to resources in terms of who does one go to, where does one get assistance. Um, I think it just took a while for me because I was looking and looking and looking and always not afraid, I would say, but just doubtful as to whether or not the right steps were being taken. So I went to go see Gender Dynamics in Cape Town, and, um, you know, they have a process where they get you into Grudeskid, um and they subsidize your transition for you, uh, offering you, obviously, um, medical assistance with uh, hormones and seeing doctors and seeing an endocrinologist. Um, whereas I've decided... Um, you know, I got access to a physician who is a GP and she simply, you know, prescribes me. She knows exactly about the transition and she knows um, the, the correct levels that she needs to issue. So I've gone to a private physician and she assists in giving me my prescriptions. I pop over to my local pharmacy, get my hormones and, and, and take them uh, every day. So I basically take hormone blockers um, and... I have estrogen patches, which I put on. Going on to the hormone treatments, I've heard is a really, really unintense process. Is that true? It's a very unintense. Uh, intense. I heard it's 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 quite hectic to go on to. Um, it really depends on your medical history. If you've got um, if you've got a history of diabetes or heart disease or those kind of things, if you've got any medical issues, I think it might be intense, but. It's fairly simple. Um, if you go to a GP who has worked with transgendered patients, and you know that's why research is so important, finding a doctor to work with you, um, it could be quite simple if you're willing to go the private route. Um, but if you need medical assistance, you can't afford to pay for it, then uh, it, it can be quite a, a lengthy process to get hormones. But the taking of hormones, not so, not so bad. I mean, I take one tablet every single day which is the hormone blockers and i put it on a patch twice a week bob's your uncle wow that seems it seems easy emotionally yeah, and psychologically a... yeah <laughs> going through the hormones as well yeah this one is kind of mm-hmm. stick to that for a little bit longer emotionally yeah. and psychologically was was it was that difficult um you know what it wasn't really it wasn't i wouldn't say it was difficult i think it was very affirming uh when you start hormones there's almost a sense of you know, let me just start by saying when I started hormones, there's definitely a kind of a, you feel as if your emotional range stretches and you feel more, uh, you become a lot more sensitive to other people's feelings, your own feelings. Uh, it's kind of like puberty. It's basically puberty, going through puberty. So uh, identical to the, the sex that you, or the gender that you, um, you know, are now, Um it's identical to that. So I've, you know, experienced some mood swings in terms of just, 
experiences that make me feel now super emotional where in the past I wasn't really as emotional um and I cry all the time now which is quite different um and then <laughs> yeah I think there's definitely a change for the better I think you do feel a sense of affirmation um it, it, there's just a sense of rightness that you just feel right within yourself um which I think is 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 really truly such a beautiful thing that hormone replacement does offer a lot of trans people Looking at yourself right now, where you are on this journey, um, are you okay? Are you coping? Yeah, I'm definitely coping. I've got a great support system. I uh, found a <laughs> young gentleman who happens to love me the way I am. And, um, yeah, so uh, I feel very confident and I'm, I'm, I'm positive the future is going to be great. Um, and obviously uh, plans in the pipeline for transition is obviously um, just getting downstairs surgery. I think that's about it yeah i've gotten sufficient breast growth and um i think it's really been it's actually been quite a beautiful journey for me it's something i i think you know deserves it's stories that i feel that people deserve to hear and uh, yeah i'm quite happy what is so great about being trans for you um i actually wouldn't say that there's anything great about being trans i wouldn't wish the emotional turmoil um, of not understanding who you are on anyone. But I do think there's a sense of satisfaction that comes from finally feeling it truly authentic and feeling truly real as who you are. I think that could possibly, you know, the kind of feeling of zenith happiness that you get once you are on your journey and you've, you know, you feel truly you. I think that's a very beautiful and great thing that does come from, you know, the journey. <laughs> What are the best things that have happened to you so far? Um, it was quite a bit. Um, I feel in the university space when I was still studying, some of the best things were just being, um, you know, honoured and recognised as as kind of a leader in the community um, here where I studied in Stellenbosch, which I think was lovely. Uh, and the best things that have happened really have been meeting other trans people and, and sharing my story with them and, and having them share their stories with me because you know there's so many different stories people have their own journey and it's so different for everyone that it's really kind of humbling and and, and beautiful to to hear and to to almost experience through them their own their experiences so i think that's been really something fantastic if i ask you what is better than you could wish for what is better than i could wish for yes about being trans? Yes. If you look back at where you started out and where you are now, what is mm -hmm. better than you could have wished for back then? Um, I think the level of happiness I feel now. I don't think that there was this uh, you know, constant flow of happiness that, that, that I feel now that I have never felt before. Uh, I think that's definitely much better. Also, the fact that now I can truly say that I have people in my life who I know are going to be in my life for the rest of my life. And I could never say that with conviction a couple of years ago. Um, so that, to me, is something that's better than then. What is being trans taught you? Oh, a lot of, a lot of humility. And it's, it's taught me that we really have to look very deeply at, at one another to actually fully understand who and what those people are. I think if, 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 
if I was in trance and I hadn't gone on my own journey and experienced the things that I've experienced, I don't think I would have, you know, seen people for 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 who they are as as kind of a a, a culmination of everything they've experienced in their life. And I think that is one of the greatest lessons to be to be so almost reverent of people and, and, and to see who they've become from those experiences. I think that's just, it's been a gift, really. If we look at your growth on this journey, how yeah. have you grown personally? <laughs> um, personally, I think I've become a lot less self-centered and self-absorbed. Um, I've become a, a more human human, if, if that's anything to say. Um, I've really, I think I've become a better person from having struggled and um, I don't think I could have turned out better than I have given the experiences that I've had. If you could give advice to someone that is on a similar journey, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say research, research, research is your friend and find people, find a support group, find people who can help you and find people that you feel comfortable with. I think that's one of the the most important things. You ca- you can't do this alone. Um, there are people who have done it alone, but I think even they will tell you, you need people to support and help. And uh, there are going to be times where you're going to feel terrible and you're going to need some reassurance and validation. And those people are going to be there to help you. And also, Trade with caution, you know, consider everything carefully, consider what it is you want, consider it, it, how, how it is you're going to get there, consider everything. That's what I would advise. Anything else you'd like to add that I missed? Hmm. No, I really don't think I have anything else to add. I think we've covered everything really gay so radio where you are family i'm rion and that was Sher peterson talking as to us about her trans journey katya how did your journey start my journey started at the age of 16 rian where i had to come out to my family as a trans woman it coming from a muslim background it was actually very difficult because my parents didn't want anything to do with me but I'm going to cut that a bit short and tell you how, exactly how I started my transition. Um, years later, at the age of 17 or 18, my parents finally accepted me and I reached out to a LGBTI organization where I have received counseling and they also educated me about transgenders and what I'm about to do to myself and stuff. And they started me off with my hormones. How did you realize that you were different? And what did you go through during that period when you kind of realized, look, I'm not exactly the same as other people? I've always been feminine. I always knew that I was different, Rian. I was uncomfortable um, associating myself with males. I always felt comfortable playing with dolls and having little tea parties with females and stuff. So, yeah. I think one of the, the other things that happen is during this time when you sort of realize that you are different, uh, many people kind of mistake the fact that they are transgendered with the fact that they are gay and there is a vast difference between the two. Did you go through anything like this? I always go through this, Rian. People always tend to um, classify me as a gay person 
And I would always tell them there's a huge difference between transgender and being gay. And my explanation of being trans is being trapped in the wrong body. In my case, I'm a female in a male's body. So um, I'm obviously attracted to males. And gay guys are men that are into men. Okay. You know, I think I think the interesting thing that happens here is also these like a stereotypical thing that people think that when you are a man, a, a woman trapped in a man's body, and you go through the whole thing, that you have to now be attracted to men, and that doesn't always work, does it? You you yes. you, you can be still attracted to women as well. Yes, I actually know quite a few transgender women that are into women, and I totally respect that, and I. I commend them for doing that, you know, because we we can't choose who we fall in love with. What are some of the most difficult things that you had to go through on your journey so far? Some of the most difficult things I had to face is being um, discriminated, judged, especially in the workplace. Um, people always misgendering me, classifying me as a male, calling me a evil spirit and stuff like that but i always put that behind me because i've taken it into consideration that not everybody is educated about um transgender so make it my duty to educate but i said i i took into consideration that i would be that i rather educate people because we actually can't also blame them for that so basically what i do i educate people about transgenders and stuff you know I think what is especially difficult with with transgendered people is that now, you know, where do you fall in? You don't fit in the in in a normal kind of cisgendered community, and you also don't fit into the gay community, and it becomes a very muddled up thing, doesn't it? It does, Rian. But what people should take into consideration: stop labeling. You know what I'm saying? Just stop labeling. And we are women at it. And people are so quick to label, aren't they? They are very quick to label. But that's society and there's nothing we can do about that. Most people are uneducated anyway. If you don't mind me asking, you mentioned that you come from a Muslim background. I mean, that must have been extremely, extremely difficult to go through. Yes, Rian. Um, A couple of years ago, I actually used to attend mosque every single Friday. And there was this one incident where uh, the Molana actually discriminated me in front of the whole congregation, if I can use that word. And I just stopped attending mosque ever since. I was going to ask you, and do you go to mosque now? I don't attend at all. I prefer reading at home. But you haven't lost your faith? No, I haven't. I still practice Islam. I am Muslim. I have God in my heart. Your darkest hour, that if you look back on this journey, what would you say that was? My darkest hour was, was when my parents kind of disowned me when I actually needed them most. That was my darkest hour. And you know, Obviously, you know, it, it's been a very long journey for you. How long have you been on this journey? It's going to be exactly 17 years now, Rian. Wow. 17 that's... years. And, and still counting. And it's still a struggle every day. It is a struggle every single day. I think that's going to happen for the rest of my life. But I take it one day at a time. And of course, then there's a problem with um, hormone replacement therapy as well that everybody's going through. 
Yes, especially here in Durban, Dian. Um, Cape Town is one of the best places where you can receive hormone therapy because they do have protocols. Whereby Durban in KZN, we don't have any protocols. They only offer you one set of tablets, which is the Premarin and obviously the blockers, which is Cypoterone. And we have done an interview about Premarin and it's actually very harmful. So the doctors here in Durban at these state hospitals can only offer us a private script where we will have to buy the treatment out of our own pocket. And you will spend roughly around 150 to 500 and some change a month. For how many tablets is that? That's just 28 pills, Ryan. Just 28 pills. And if you had to buy the blockers privately, you would pay about 350 to 400 rands. Well, and how many do you take a day? Would that be one tablet a day? I'm taking two tablets a day. So you have to take the estro- estrogen pill, which is either the Premarin or the Estrovim, and the blocker to suppress the male hormone. That's so that's two pills. Have there been any people on your journey that supported you, Katya? Yes, my family is very supportive now. I've got a lot of friends that are supportive. My fiancé as well, very supportive. I've got a whole lot of people standing behind me. And it's making my journey a bit more easier and manageable. Anything that hindered you in the pro- in the process? Anything that kind of was in your way? It means of uh, obstacles? Um... Not really, Rian. I don't think there was anything in my way. Okay, I was first afraid to transition because of what my family might think. But then again, I had to make myself happy. So I just went ahead and did it. And eventually they kind of accepted everything now. If you don't mind me asking, how far on the journey of transitioning are you? I'm just taking hormones. I haven't had any surgeries done yet, Rian. Would you plan to do anything like that? Yes, I do plan on having that done, but not right now. Because I can't afford it at the moment. And KZN Hospitals doesn't offer um, SRS, which is a sexual reassignment surgery. That is obviously, it's extremely expensive to go through. Absolutely expensive, Rian. In South Africa, you're looking around 250k. Wow. Just... Yeah, for the penile invasion surgery, that's the yeah the whole thing. You know, it's quite interesting because if if you look at 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 the end of the day, you are suffering from well, I think most transgender people are suffering from gender dysphoria, which yes, a lot of them, which can be Sorry. seen as a, as a condition here. And shouldn't people then look at the government subsidize subsidizing this in some way? That's right, Rian. Our country is still a bit missed with our government here. Rian, our country still looks at SRS as cosmetic surgery, whereby it should be granted to every single trans woman because it is not our fault that we like this, you know? And we can't afford to have these surgeries done, so it would be very nice if the government looks into this and have these surgeries given to trans people. If you are looking at where you are today, how are you coping? I'm coping kind of normal now, Rian. Um, I'm not really so much into the surgery at the moment. I just want to focus on myself. My physical appearance is actually what matters right now to me. That is my dysphoria. Rian? Okay, we spoke about discrimination earlier and you work as a nurse. 
Yes, yes, I do work as a nursery. You would think that as a nurse, people would understand better in that in that field. They're supposed to understand and be a bit more uh, reasonable, Rian. But because of society, some people within the medical field also discriminate against transgender people and gays in general. I think the other difficult thing must be with, with, with ID books. Have you had your gender reassignment done in your ID and has that been a problem? I struggle to receive these letters from your doctor. It's absolutely difficult. I actually went for my appointment yesterday and I was told by my doctor within two months we can speak about getting my letters for my gender maker. I mean, with home affairs, that's also take time when you want to kind of have your gender marker changed. Yes, um, the name changes actually six weeks and the gender change takes about seven months. Your future plans? My future plans. Can I keep you guys guessing on that one? <laughs> you can. I think I already know, but we can keep the listeners guessing on that one because I am going to scoop that story before anybody else. <laughs> I'll give it to you willingly, Rian. <laughs> then, I think another question that I just want to briefly touch on in this interview is that you are our current Miss Transgender South Africa. Yes, I am, Rian. Tell me, tell me a bit about that. How did that come about? You Tell me a bit about the competition. Okay, I was crowned under Pride Pageantry International, which is an American-based company. Because South Africa doesn't have a Miss Transgender South Africa, um, Pride Pageantry International had this online competition where we had to send in a couple of pictures of ourselves, some videos, and obviously sent a few questions. And I was selected to be the representative for South Africa. Don't you? And that's how it all went about me becoming. Don't you think it's time that we actually have a public pageant? It is about time. I'm actually planning on having one, but I need a few people that can assist me with that. I can't wait. I think that's going to be so exciting. It will be because it will give our trans people something to look forward to. I mean, there's a whole lot of beauty pageants, Miss South Africa, that obviously don't take transgender people. So why not have a Miss Trans South Africa? But why doesn't Miss South Africa take transgender people? Don't you think it's time that it actually does start becoming inclusive? They, I think it is about time. They're still living in the past, Rian. They're very judgmental people. They feel that we're demonic and um, because we're not genetic women, we're unable to compete against genetic females. I have to ask you, what is great about being trans? What is great about being trans? Yeah. It's just being yourself. That's all I can say, honestly, Rian. And, <laughs> That's and, all I can say. And the best thing that's happened to you so far? The best thing that has happened to me this far is meeting my other half that is actually very supportive. And if I may ask, is he from also from the Muslim community? Yes, he's also the Muslim guy, Rian. He is Muslim. I think that's absolutely amazing. We actually got engaged last... Yes, it is amazing. We actually got engaged last year, November. And we are tying the knot on the 7th of September now. We just received our date yesterday at Home Affairs. That's another scoop I'm going to have that I'm not going to tell anybody about. <laughs> Luckily, this interview oh, is <laughs> this interview is airing after that. So, <laughs> really, what is better than you could wish for? What is better that I can wish for? Yeah, better now. If you look back <laughs> on your journey, 
Um, let me think about the Rian. <laughs> what is better than I can wish for? What is better now than before? Before, if you look back at where you started out to this point in time, what do you think is far better than you could have imagined? My appearance. I would say my appearance. My my self confidence. Family is a bit more understanding, yeah. What has being transgender taught you? What is the biggest lesson this journey have taught you on this planet? To love yourself and not worry about what other people think. Just do you and that everything else will fall into place. And looking back, how have you grown? I've grown to be a very, very <laughs> happy female. I'm loving myself more and more every single day, Rian, before I absolutely hated myself but lately i can look at myself in the mirror and i see this beautiful woman i'm no more that strapped female you know understand what i'm saying i absolutely i know exactly what you mean yeah i don't feel trapped anymore i'm halfway there and i'm happy I think, you know, part of this that, that must have been on this journey must have been very difficult and is actually going on to the hormone replacements. I, I think that there's a period there where your body starts adjusting that is absolute agony that you must go through. Yes, Rian. Um, actually, so, okay, from patient to patient, it varies. For me, in this case, I started seeing changes after three months. Uh, there's a lot of pain with breast growth. You can see your facial features changing slightly, like the cheekbones would pop up. Your facial hair will minimize. Your body hairs will thin out and eventually stop growing. Um, you start getting more emotional. I cry a lot, Rian. You have a whole lot of mood swings, like a normal genetic woman. If you... <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> actually, I've lost my trail of thought completely. I'm... Why? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's like I've just always had a different concept about things, and I I've always kind of looked at it. To me, it's not it doesn't matter about the physical; it's about what's inside, and that means whether you male or female. And That's you, you say I like, sit like a normal woman. It was just like you know, but I don't see that. <laughs> Perhaps I'm weird. I, yeah. I've got a different way of looking at things. No, you're not weird. <laughs> you're not weird. Curious. <laughs> You're not weird at all. If but you, you actually feel like, sorry. Yeah, no, you go on. first. You actually do feel, you feel your true emotions because now that hormones is also helping you. Because you, everything that has been kept inside is now coming out. You're flourishing to becoming that beautiful woman. The real you is finally appearing. What would you suggest if you can give it any advice to anybody who's on a similar journey? What would you tell them? If there's any other people out there that is that has started on hormone therapy or that's about to start on hormone therapy, don't give up. If you feel like you're emotional or something, speak to someone. Love yourself and remember that you are beautiful, no matter what anyone else is. I think also what I would like to add here is you have support a support group on Facebook happening. Yes, I do have one where we interact with other trans women from all over South Africa. Tell me a little bit about the support group. In our support group, um, we have a group of transgender people that will throw out questions and anybody can answer those questions. For example, if you're about to start on hormone therapy, you will mention the names of the tablets and they will tell you whether it's the correct treatment you're going on, who's the doctor seeing you, 
So they're basically enlightening you on advising. things. You, it's advising you, yeah, on things you need to know. What is the group called? It is called Transgender Support. Um, then it's brackets only, close brackets, Durban. Okay, so just Transgender Support, bracket only, bracket Durban. That's correct, yeah. So anybody listening to the show who is going through anything like this can can join there and they can you'll be able to help them. Yes, they can send us a request. They will have to answer the questions that is given to them there. And if it is successful, we will approve the request. Well, just a, another question about that. If you are and if you are an, a transgender ally, can you also join the group? Yes, allies are welcome. We love our allies. <laughs> Great. Katya, anything else you'd like to add that I perhaps missed? No, that's all, Rian. Thank you. Guys, hi, Radio. We are family. I'm Rian, and uh, that was uh, Katya Williams talking to us about her trance journey.